Blog. Good evening, and welcome to the Truth Squad with Marty Oakley and Barb Peterson, where we will be talking about things that the mainstream media wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. This show is sponsored by the PPJ Gazette and Aggie the Traveling Agrobacterium. You don't want either one showing up in your backyard. To find out all you want to know about current events and GMOs, visit the PPJ at ppjg.wordpress.com and Aggie at aggie.farmwars.info. And now, on with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Marty Oakley, and we're finally on the air. I already have some callers calling in, and we cannot get the call in to activate again. Um, I have no idea if you're out there. If you're not out there, (laughs) what's going on? Um, We decided to do this test show in the hopes that we could get this up and running, but we're running into the same old problems. And um, uh, so probably more than likely you're not going to hear this, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, what we have coming up in the future are several guests, R.T. Fitch from Straight from the Horse's Heart, talking about the travesty going on in the western states where they're rounding up and slaughtering the wild horses and burros, and it's being done by the BLM, uh, who is supposed to be protecting them. Um, also the loss of um, property rights associated with this, And Nicole Johnson, who's written extensively on GMO, um, we're going to have um, uh, Paul Griebentrock from Wisconsin. He'll be talking about legal issues and learning to defend yourself in court, uh, not using an attorney. We've we've just got a number of people already lined up uh, to come on the show. In fact, when the word went out that we were going to be doing the show, people started contacting us, which was really nice. Um, another one is a friend of ours here in Minnesota who was victimized by uh, Organic Valley. 
very nearly lost his farm, was very nearly driven out of business. And that's quite a sad story. Uh, Just a lot of things. Um, Barb and I were talking earlier before we came on air about uh, the courts and the um, about judges who, who violate U.S. code and title by not recusing themselves from cases in which they have previous um, uh, interests. In other words, they've done business with the companies before the court or they have worked for the companies who are being sued in front of the Supreme Court or they have invested in these corporations, whatever, and by U.S. code and title, they are supposed to recuse themselves and and not partake in making any rulings on the matter. Um, They don't do that. So um, it's just uh, a lot of things that we have uh, that we want to talk about. Um, Most people um, won't – my phone is ringing. Um, Most people won't touch it, and um, uh, we're hoping – wait a minute, let's see. Did that work, Barb? Barb, I'm trying to get you on there. I got no caller. Um. Okay. Okay, now I'm back on the air. Barb, are you there? Okay. Uh, This just is not working. Trying again. See if we can get something there. It just won't open. Okay, caller, are you on the air? I can hear you. Says you. Ah, we finally did it. We finally did it. I figured out how to we do it. We did it. You, yeah. Um, you right-click twice where it says um, you've got the little hand with the arrow, then off to the right it's got a like a, a circle with a strike through it. You uh-huh. double-click twice there and it opens the lineup. Oh. And uh, so we're finally on the air. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out. Now what? Right. I'm just talking away thinking, oh, please go, please go. <laughs> uh, what I was trying to talk about was like what we've got coming up in the future, what we what we intend to cover on this show here. Um, we basically are looking for um, real life stories, uh, what's actually happening to people. Um, there, there's so much going on, and it's all being done behind the scenes. It's all being, as as we discussed earlier, or they they come out with all this legislation and like the fake food safety bills and the Water Restoration Act and. Then they're coming out with this uh, Animals Pathways Act or whatever this load of garbage is that's supposed to create these um, thoroughfares built up over the interstates for animals to traverse the interstates without getting killed. And I want to know how the heck they're going to get them to use that path. Um, but it, there, there's all this going on. And basically what it gets down to is the theft of water and of land and your right to food. And it, you can look at each of these things as an isolated incidence um, and is unrelated, but the fact of the matter is they are all related and all leading towards an end goal. And in all of that is the GMO problem uh, that's making so many people sick, and that's more your area of expertise, Barb, than it is mine. So if you want to talk about that a little bit, 
what's going on there and what you found out, especially about that article you just wrote recently on Codex already being implemented. Um, I think it'd be really interesting. Well, you know, the, the one thing I wanted to say is, is people that think that they can put up an animal crossing and say, okay, the animals are going to cross here, are com- they're completely out of touch with reality. Because if you've ever been around animals, you know that they never do exactly what they're supposed to do. Okay? <laughs> they do well, what they want to do. They do what they do, what comes naturally, okay? They're not going to go. If you put up a crossing, they're not going to go say, oh, this person just put up this crossing for me. So I'm just going to go right on over there and use it. Yeah, right in the pig's eye. So <laughs> anyway, but um, Codex thing is um, what I wrote that article about. And thing is, if you look up, the USDA site and you look up the FDA site, you're going to look in the sidebar and what you're going to see is a little tab that says Codex Alimentarius. Okay, and when you click on those little tabs, you're going to find out all of the references to all of the Codex um, rules, regulations, and all that being implemented now. It would not be up on those sites if they were not being implemented. So if you have to be blind, deaf, and dumb to not understand that that, it's already here. And what we're waiting for now, and they've got this this new meeting, and it's going on right now. I believe it um, ends in November or something like that. I'm not quite sure. But uh, what they're doing now is they're going to be setting up the um, minimum and maximum nutritional values. In other words, what's the top end of the um, nutrition that can be in food and what the bottom end is. And you might say, well, the bottom end, that's good. Well, (laughs) if you consider the fact that they don't differentiate between organic good nutrients and vitamins and um, artificial ones, there's no difference to them in, with their science-based methodology. That's there's no difference. And no, if you can I that, say something here too? Science-based. Yeah. That's one of those things that when you see that term used anywhere, you're looking at codex. That is their yep. one of their key phrases. Uh, anything that says science-based is is codex-related. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, keyword, buzzword. <laughs> yeah. So what they are going to do is they are whole hog with GMO and putting um, like this golden rice thing. Oh, yeah, golden rice, wonderful. Put this, uh, what is it, vitamin D or whatever they're shoving into golden rice. Yeah, you have to eat so much of that golden rice to get anything out of it that it's ridiculous. So if there's a minimum that this food, which has been irradiated, blasted all over the place, um, boiled so that there's nothing left in it, pasteurized, homogenized, and all that, um, now you've got this food that's got nothing in it, so they're going to have to raise it up to minimum vitamin standards. So that means, well, GMO, that's perfect for that, isn't it? 
So that's how they're going on that end. And then the top end, well, it can't be above what would keep a hamster alive because it's called um, equivalence. And it specifically says in their documents, equivalence has to be met. And that is another one of those buzzwords because it has to be safe across the board. They're treating it as a toxin. Nutrients and vitamins as toxins or poisons. So the minimum that would that a person could ingest across the board that does not um, that wouldn't hurt the weakest of us. So here we've got we've got an adult male, adult female, and a, and a sickly child. Say if there's a child that's got no resistance to anything. Uh, if this minimum toxin or vitamin or nutrient would hurt this child, then that's the top level. Won't go beyond that. And that's what they're looking at to implement there. Now, they have not done that yet, but I believe their target date for determining what these minimum and maximum levels for nutrients are is 2012. So they're going in their little uh, meeting that they're having now and they're determining, they're going, you know, setting up the guidelines and the standards, which will take up to 2012 to fully implement. And what we're going to see is we're not going to see somebody standing up there with a big old sign that says, Codex is here. Although if you go to the FDA and USDA websites, you'll see the button, like a sign saying, Codex is here, but nobody wants to see it. So we're all expecting somebody to stand there and go, we're implementing Codex right now. And this is what we're doing. You're not going to see that. What you're going to see is all of a sudden you're going to go to the store and you're going to want to get your um, 500 milligrams of vitamin C. And you're going to find that you can't buy any more than, say, 50 milligrams. And then you're going to have a limit on the amount of bottles that you can buy. Otherwise, you're going to well, have heard, to get I a heard prescription. So, uh, that you're going to have to, what they're thinking about doing, because they're afraid people are going to go store to store, see, trying to buy adequate supplies, um, that what they're going to do is force a sign-in sheet and log you into a database system. So if you, like, went to, let's say, Walmart in the morning and bought your vitamin C tablets, and then you went into Shopco in the afternoon and bought more vitamin C, it would show up on the screen. They could stop you at the register and say, you've already bought your monthly allotment of vitamin C and um, that they're going to set up a database for this. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that figures. That's, that's what they're doing with um, things like uh, iodine, povidine iodine. If you go into a feed store and you want to buy povidine iodine, you have to show them your, um, show them your identification if it's over a certain amount. I just, uh, the thing is, you know, one of the things we, uh, I was on, you know, I told you, Randy Yarborough show out of uh, Colorado here Thursday night. And one of the things we talked about on there was um, uh, this thing of tracking people. And everything we are doing, everything uh, is being tracked and logged. And the mm-hmm. whole system is already in place. When they come out and say, you know, oh, we're thinking about doing this or that, for your protection, they've already set up the infrastructure, the technical structure, and it's ready to go. It's not mm-hmm. something they're going to debate. Uh, the debate appears to happen publicly, but the system is already in place. 
and now we're ready to go with it, and we're going to start tracking you. And that is the intent of all of this is to track everything you eat, every purchase you make, everything you consume, everywhere you go, what time you were there, and what you did. And what I'm curious about is why? Um, Why would you want to do this? But then when I look at the fact that there are 600-plus bioweapons labs all across this country that are developing all sorts of horrendous things for biological warfare, who is it you think they're going to test this on? And who is it they're intending to get rid of? Because apparently they're intending to get rid of someone. Uh, I had some correspondence with a... um, a professor who supposedly is, uh, he teaches microbiology, and he just chewed me out and said, oh, he said, you know, here we are out here working ourselves to death. He said, trying to find protections for you. He said, in case somebody launched a biological attack against us and we're trying to find a defense. And my response to him was, how could you conceivably know what somebody was going to attack us with unless you were the one creating it? And yeah, I and said, all, yeah, all- Go ahead. Yes. And it, but so you know, he, he got really upset about that. And I said, we are the biggest purveyor, the biggest creators of biological warfare. And if people are living in a bubble, if they think they aren't going to use this on us, and going back to this codex thing and this limiting of your, your right to supplements, uh, redesignating them not as nutritional supplements, but here again is where you get into that twisting and torturing of code and title and the redefining of terms. Um, they, they, are, they have already, FDA has already redesignated supplements, nutritional supplements, and vitamins, dietary supplements, as medicinal and not food. And this throws them into a whole new category under a whole new set of rules and regulations. Now then, since the FDA has no authority outside the U.S., Um, District of Columbia, uh, what they do, because they are a private corporation operating for profit, is they go to your state and they buy their way into your state and they implement this business plan called a cooperative agreement. And then once that money is taken, the bribery money is taken, then your state health department or whoever um, agrees to implement the plans of, say, for instance, the FDA. And those plans are, we'll just go in and revise our code and statute because our legislature has empowered us to act outside the law, outside the Constitution, and to be a fully self-regulating, self-empowering agency. And they put these things in here again. You're dealing with private contracts between private corporations. The only people those regulations, code and statutes apply to are the people in the corporations. They can't bring that out onto the public. But you won't find one judge that will tell you that, not one attorney that will tell you that. You won't find anybody in a lot of these major groups that are out there, these front organizations that, you know, supposedly are fighting to preserve your rights. None of them will tell you that either. No one outside that corporate agency that is deceptively uh, parading itself as a public service agency or a department of in your state, these are all privately held corporations. And you can't, this would be like GM passing regulations that said nobody can drive anything but a GM car and then turning around in the states they're operating in and saying, if we find anything but a GM vehicle in our state, we're putting you in jail. You can't do that. Well, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing with the World Trade Organization and this, and Codex 
at the same thing they did with um, GM GMOs is if you do not comply with the rules and regulations that they have set up and these um, minimum and maximums and all that, um, if you don't comply, then you are creating a barrier to trade. And right. if a country does not accept um, your stuff, your food, whatever, you know, and it's meeting those guidelines, those codex guidelines, then you, um, that country can be sued because it's created yes. a barrier to trade. And, and that's be basically that's NAFTA, forced to accept it. And, that's in NAFTA and CAFTA. NAFTA Chapter um, 11, I think, and, and CAFTA Chapter 7 or vice versa. I'm, but uh, it, both the, the rights of the corporation and the investor are held above those of the individual or the nation state at all times. And uh, anything you do that erects any kind of a, a barrier, like a passing an environmental law that says Corporation X can't come in here and strip mine and throw the sludge water off into our aquifer and poison all of us, that's a barrier to trade. We'll sue you. Um, anything that says that you, you can't come in here and clear cut all the trees on our, you know, that surround us and take all this lumber off our lands and leave the land barren and exposed to the elements, you know, um, well, if you've got a law or a provision, even in your little community that says no one will be allowed to come in and do that because we want to preserve our community as it is, that's a barrier to trade. Um, no state can erect a barrier to trade. They can be sued, and the federal government already has been sued to over $6 billion where corporations have been prevented. What this is is like um, I didn't understand for quite some time what mark-to-market was in when dealing with stocks and Wall Street. I just couldn't figure out what that was. And what it turns out to be is this. The, um, a corporation, business, whatever, will come up with an idea, and they, they don't ever actually implement the idea. They just write it out on paper, and we have this idea, and eventually we're going to do this. And we believe if we do this that in five years we will have made, let's say hypothetically, $1 billion dollars. But nothing has happened except on paper. Well, they sell this idea to other people, and they, on their books, put the billion dollars down as though they have already made it, as though they have already collected that billion dollars in profit. And nothing has ever happened except on paper. And this is called mark-to-market. They get the idea. They project out into the future how much they think they can make if they implement the idea, and what that profit is is then written on their books as though it actually materialized in that moment. And this is the same thing that, that's going on with this deal. They're using the same kind of plan. And uh, I, at some point, at some point, people are going to have to understand that there is no one in the government we can trust, no one. There is nobody out there who's going to defend us. There is nobody that's going to stop any of this. There is, you don't even hear people, Barb, you don't hear anybody, uh, Republican, Democrat, representative, senator, no one standing up and saying, this is a crock. It's got to stop. They're all going along with the plan. And, it's, of course, they've exempted themselves from having to participate in it. 
and yet you still cannot get people to accept the inevitable. When you wrote that article and you put that one comment in there about uh, just because you you know somebody writes something from a site that's too big to be wrong, I, I think mm-hmm. we're we're all victims of this. We're all victimized by these organizations that get so large and get such a huge following that we just assume whatever they write is the end all be all, totally mm-hmm. accurate, indisputable truth. But as you proved when you wrote that article on Codex, um, anything, you know, it was anything but the truth that was being put out there, that somehow Codex was not materializing, that there was no threat, there was nothing in the legislation, there was no language, nothing, and everybody was just, you know, it was fear-mongering and scare tactics and all of that. And when you went through there and systematically showed, and I noticed everything on the net basically went dead right after your article, once you came out with that and said, here it is, here it is, this is how they're doing it, this is where it's at, everything went dead. Uh, All these big groups just kind of went silent, and um, I think that's one of the things we have to battle, too, is getting over the idea that just because a group may be super large doesn't mean they're always right or that they are actually on our side. Um, because I, I just don't think that's the case, you know, as we've discovered with other supposed national organizations, um, that that isn't the case at all. Uh, and, and I was surprised. I was surprised, actually, to see um, that article come out saying that your original article was fear-mongering and so forth, because basically the person who wrote the article uh, had not done any research, or if he had, had intentionally put out disinformation. You have one or two options there. And um, I would prefer to think he was just too lazy to do his own research uh, rather than think that he might honestly be working the other side. But uh, it's just something we're going to run into all the time. Pardon? He was the president of the organization. Yeah. The president. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. there was no response. I'm, I'm sorry. There, yeah, there was no response. When you, when you came out and said, here it is, there was no response, absolutely nothing. It was like it never happened. And um, so I, I don't know. I think we have to watch this all the time and be careful about who we're dealing with. I, I don't belong to any organizations, won't get involved with them. Um, I refuse to form an organization because I, I don't want to be in that position. I, I like where I'm at, where I'm able to write about what I want to write about and talk about what I want to talk about. And um, I don't owe anybody anything, and I don't have anybody telling me, well, this is what we want you to say, and this is what we need you to tell people. Um, it, it just it, it seems to me when people get caught up in these things, um, and it basically, it's 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 laziness on their part. The the people who do get caught up and take this verbatim and just is, is the gospel. Basically, what they're saying is, I'm just too lazy to go look at this myself, so I'll just take your word for it that everything's okay. And no, I, I don't so easy to do that. that. Yeah, it's so easy to do that, and and it's comfortable to do that because if you can, if you think that um, somebody else can go and fight your fight for you, and you really don't have to know too much because they've already done, this other person's already done all the studying, and they already know, and they're on my side, they're looking out for my best interest, so I can just go off and play a game of golf, and they're mm-hmm. going to go ahead and do it for me, and it's 
comfortable to do that. So when somebody sticks their little head up and says, excuse me, hello, but uh, this isn't right. Why don't you go here, 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 and look here? They don't want to do it because it takes them out of their comfort zone. Yeah, that's just it. And a lot of these articles is just like the one that we were discussing there. There was no resourcing attached to it. There was no documentation. And, of course, both of us are tenacious about adding resourcing and documentation to what we write. And so everything is there for you to do your own research and take that wherever it goes. If you don't do that, that's not my fault. That doesn't mean I'm wrong. It just means you didn't follow up. Um, what we give is, is the starting point. What we give you is the basis for doing your own research. If you didn't click the button and go there, that doesn't mean I'm wrong. It, it just means you didn't go there. <laughs> and. Yeah. Uh, but see, like I say again, a lot of these bigger organizations, there's you don't see any documenting and resource. Basically, what they're putting out is an op-ed piece um, that's baseless. It has nothing behind it. And uh, I, I'm always looking for more information, more information. And uh, I, I don't know. It's It's been a hard thing. It's been a hard road to go. And, you know, you take your shots and your slings and people call you names and <laughs> say terrible things about you and everything else. But one of the few things they ever say to me is, you're wrong. <laughs> and uh, they'll call me everything else, but they won't call me wrong. And, you know, and that's what we've run into. And I think behind that, one of the reasons we both have the following we do is because we do our research and we do resource and document and research and provide you, the the reader, with the tools to do your own, to come to your own conclusions. Do you remember when I, I wrote that article on refusing vaccinations and that's still flying around the net? Talk mm-hmm. about something yep. that went viral. Excellent. And, uh, mm-hmm. But I had put in there, I mean, all the, you know where I had gotten the information, what the UN had said, the World Health Assembly in 2005, what the terms of that were, how they were bringing it through Homeland Security and the Human Health and Services Department right down to your model state emergency power act that 37 or 38 states immediately adopted word for word. And this was taken directly from the World Health Assembly uh, Constitution uh, on uh, World Health. And there were people on your site that came on there, one in particular who kept saying, um, I went there and it doesn't say this and I can't see. And I had actually cut and pasted right from it Mm -hmm. and still came back arguing, well, that's not what I see there and that's not what, well, then you didn't actually go there. Either that or you can't read one or the other. Uh, But you're going to run into those people too. Um, One of the things that... uh, uh, I think is is bugging everybody that's in agriculture right now is this attempt to uh, establish premises idea, and you keep seeing stuff coming out um, about how, oh, it's just to identify this, and it's just to identify that. And I've written multiple articles on that and what that actually means legally to an individual if you sign up for premises ID that you've actually conveyed ownership of your property. I cited the Mm -hmm. law. I I cited international law of contracts, which is what they're running on, everything. And still people say, oh, it doesn't mean anything. It means everything. It means either you own property or you don't. But the conclusion Mm -hmm. I came to was you can hit a lot of people right in the head with a brick 
and it'll be three, four days or maybe a year later before they realize they got a big lump. And they just don't <laughs> want to see it. You know, they just don't want to see it. And um, so-and-so told them that that wasn't true, and they would know more than you do. Well, okay. All right. Have you seen that and, um, co- that cartoon with the – it's a group of sheep, and you've got the sheep, the sheep herder. He's up there. He's got the gate, and you've got the, cow, um, the dog, the sheep dog. And the dog is herding towards the um, towards the guy who's going to put him in a pen, right? And so here's one sheep, and he's standing outside, and all this group is there. And the little blurb above the one dog says, "Look, I know that dog is working with the human." And somebody <laughs> else in the little sheep thing goes, "Oh, Trevor, you and your conspiracy theories." <laughs> that's, what it is. <laughs> uh, that's another one too. That's kind of worn out its welcome. Um, I mean, the the conspiracy theorist thing. And, and um, Paul had recently linked me to a site that had this person had just done massive amounts of research on historical events, and I had done an article also just naming five or six. Uh, recent events that caused wars where they were staged events, things that never happened um, meant to start a war as the excuse to go to war and mm-hmm. but this person had just gone through so many things and uh, another friend of mine says to me constantly, remember this Red uh, today's conspiracy theories, or how does he put that um, today's revealed facts were yesterday's conspiracy theories Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. said, we always find out that history will always bear out that what they claimed was a conspiracy theory, and it was just this radical fringe lunatic munch that came up with this crazy stuff. He said 99 times out of 100, they were dead on. And he said, but nobody would listen. And he said, that is the strange part about us. Maybe it's just us as Americans. Maybe it's pervasive worldwide. He said, is that you can put all this information in front of people and say, this does not make sense the way they've told it to us. This would make better sense. Here's the evidence we found, and it doesn't correlate with what they're telling us, what happened here. And he said, they will turn on you like a pack of rabid dogs. They don't want to hear it. He said, because if you Mm -hmm. accept the information, it implies responsibility to do something. And he said, there's, there's the glitch. They don't want to do anything. And we run into that all the time. You know, people, they want to talk. They want to get on chat lines. They, they want to join Yahoo mm-hmm. groups. They want to join this group, that group, another group. And basically it gets down to nitpicking and, and gossiping mm-hmm. and name calling and, you know, and all this other stuff. And, and nothing gets done. I was talking to John Wallace here recently. We were talking about Facebook. And I don't do Facebook. And um, he said, yeah, I know. (laughs) Yes, check Barb out (laughs) on Facebook. She's on there. And uh, But I told him, I said, it's like these groups that say we have 10,000 members on Facebook. And you've got 9,999 of them that are doing nothing but attacking each other and making stupid comments and aren't willing to do anything. I said, I would rather have Facebook with one member that's very active. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, but I said, it's mm-hmm. that click and hit thing. I said, somehow if you have 10,000 members doing nothing, that's better than one member who is. And uh, so 
I personally, I find, of course, now with Facebook going to face recognition, um, I got a problem with that. And uh, they're going to be posting things that, do you know who this is? (laughs) We want this person identified. And um, so it just, you know, they're going to tag and track us all anyway before it's all over if they haven't done it already. You can't even go into a store. Now, like your local grocery store without having your picture taken, you go into Walmart, which I never shop Walmart ever for anything. Um, but if you do, the minute you come close to it, any of their counters, well, your picture is taken as you come in the store, surveillance. Your picture is taken again as you come through the cash out line, and it's identified with your sales slip. And then the system immediately runs in to see if you've already been biometrically identified, and if it hasn't, it puts you in a special file to be identified later when they can attach a name to your face if you're using cash. They, and people who use cash are flagged. They're a threat to the nation. Um, but it, all of this, everywhere you go, your picture is being taken. And your, these biometric markers are being logged and tracked and, and loaded into this system. I want to know why. What information, what is it they're looking for? How could this possibly be useful? And what is the end use for this? There has to be an end use somewhere. There has to be an end goal. Go ahead. Well, Marty, what we're dealing with is um, (laughs) sociopaths. And actually, Mm -hmm. I looked it up. Um, Psychopath is actually the better term because a sociopath um, is basically um, somebody who is a psychopath but um, more towards the society um, made them that way, you know, external forces, Mm -hmm. whereas a psychopath, you know, is a little bit more um, genetic. Um, Yeah, that's a true mental disorder. It's it's a true mental disorder, and what it is is – it's foreign. It's foreign to my way of thinking, and it's foreign to a lot of people's ways of thinking, and we can't comprehend it because um, they have absolutely no conscience, no remorse. They don't feel things like we do, right? So mm-hmm. it's, if you take and, and you look at a corporation, a corporation, their bottom line is to make money. A corporation doesn't have any feelings. It doesn't have any um, remorse. It doesn't have anything. And it, all it is is like a huge, one of those big, gigantic whales that opens its mouth and a whole school of fish just go into it. Yes. And it has no remorse. It's just a feeding machine. And a, a sociopath is the same. It's basically the same. They will look out a window and they will see a nice car, um, if it's a man, a beautiful woman, and uh, maybe a family of kids. They won't see that, those things, as, oh, that's that person's car and what a nice family that person has. No. They look at it and say, hmm, that's my car and that person's using it. Yeah. That's that's. Yeah. That that person should be doing something for me, because that's my sidewalk. They're walking down my sidewalk. So what can I get out of it? So they'll use you up and then spit you out, without any remorse, and they don't consider the consequences of their actions. And those are the types of people that are running the show. 
So if we try and look for some sort of logic in their actions that relates to um, human empathy and human good, we're not going to find it. So you have to take yourself and step out of that and look at it from a purely um, non-conscious, you know, detached Mm -hmm. way because that's exactly, it's pure greed, it's pure selfishness, it's pure me, 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 and everything is mine and you mean nothing to me. And that's well, that's, where that, that's the thing about these people. When when they see people around them exhibiting any kind of emotion, uh, remorse, regret, uh, anything like that, it's almost like it's funny to them. For one thing, they can't identify the feeling. So in that sense, it's a curiosity. Mm-hmm. But they can't identify it. They don't know what that person's actually feeling. And a lot of times what they'll do is mimic the outward expression mm-hmm. of that. Uh, in situations where they think it will benefit them, but they actually feel nothing. And I think this is why most of the people involved in corporations are psychopathic in nature because they can't identify with what the ordinary person feels, their emotions. They think it's a joke that you have them and a a clear disadvantage because they run without remorse, without any – uh, sense of conscience, morality, or ethics, it, and you're right, it's this massive narcissistic personality that the world here exists only because I'm here and everything is about me, it's for me, and if you've got it, I'm going to take it from you because it was mine anyway. And so you see this in these corporate, these people, I, I saw this in those hearings uh, behind the Wall Street bailout, the banker wall, Wall Street bailout. Um, these people absolutely confused, the look of confusion on their face that they were even being questioned about their unethical behavior, about the corruption, um, and the flimsy excuses they gave for why they did what they did and why they weren't responsible. And it just, but the absolute confusion that they were being questioned, it was like, how dare you question me? And this doesn't apply to me, you know, and you got no answers. You got no answers mm-hmm. to anything. These people weren't frightened. They weren't, um, they weren't upset. They were confused. They, they just couldn't understand how they, of all people, could be called into question for what they had done. And I think there are far more many of those people in the population than there is those of us who do have a conscience, who do suffer from regret or remorse or, um, you know, that we suffer from these emotional uh, little tags that define us as human beings. But I don't know if it is a result of the way our our culture is, our, our country is, and this, uh, I think it was back in the 80s, wasn't it, Barb? They started with the me generation, you know, and but it seems to be more prevalent now than it ever has been. In the past, you had some individuals who were like this, the Rothschilds. Um, you had the the wealthy families of uh, out east. You know the Lords, the Walkers, the Taylors, the Bushes. Um, all of those families who operated this way, um, this sense of detachment that the rest of us were just simply dung under their feet and to be used any way they saw fit. Um, you had other families, you know, on the other coast that were doing the same thing. But 
then it came into the Rockefellers and it came into um, uh, the Kissingers and these other people who have surfaced, the Cheneys, you know, the Rumsfelds, hmm. these people, the Condoleezza Rice, these people that absolutely are such screaming elitists and just absolutely couldn't understand why when they stood up there and were blatantly lying to us, so many people were standing up and saying, you're lying. And it, there again, you saw that look of confusion. Condoleezza Rice was famous for that. Every time she was cornered, she looked absolutely like a deer caught in headlights, like, wait a minute, I'm smarter than you. I'm richer than you. I'm special. How dare you? And it was always this look of confusion in her eyes and on her face of how in the world could you even think of questioning me? I'm better than you are. And, mm-hmm. you know, we see this just, just constantly. And I, I have maintained, too, that these people do not take any of these horrendous medications that are foisted onto the general public. Um, and they didn't they go to not, the educational system that we went to. No, they did not. They went not. to private schools. Mm-hmm. And got an entirely different education, and mm-hmm. uh, and they actually got an education, and so you see that. And and I don't believe these people are eating GMO food. I think food is specially grown and prepared for them. They know what this stuff is going to do to them. They're not going to touch that stuff. And you never you, did you ever hear of one of them eating out in public? You know, no. or I've got, of a, any... yeah, I've got a little insight into that. I've got a little okay. insight into that. When I was when I was a kid, and I ran away from home, <laughs> um, oh. I ended up. You know, I went over. I was in um, the Los Angeles area for a while after San Francisco and Berkeley and all that stuff. I went over to the Los Angeles area, got myself a job, and found out at that time, because uh, that was in um, very early seventies that we could go to a um, very ritzy part near Beverly Hills, Laurel Canyon, and we could rent a house. And we rented one there, and then we went to um, Encino, and we're actually uh, neighbors with John Wayne. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. And there was, there was a, a very rich doctor, and he um, was going to rent this house and a bunch of us, you know, he took a bunch of us in and we paid $100 per person and we got a room because it was a huge, gigantic mansion and we could rent a room. And I got to see how the other half lived. So for $100 a month, for all of us kids, we got we got to see how the other half lived, and we got to rent this this big old mansion, and we would go into town with the doctor. This was such a good guy. I mean, he was such a good guy. In fact, way back then, he was telling us that look, the establishment has it wrong. Um, if you cut a cancer, it's going to spread. He says, I will not cut a cancer. He was a good guy. But when we went shopping in town, we didn't go to Safeway. We didn't go to Walmart. We went down to the organic stores and got the good food. When the organic really meant organic. Yes. And we got the stuff that, you know, the normal people weren't eating. Mm -hmm. 
and they've got a completely different level of health, a completely different, you know, it's all different. They don't shop where the peons shop. They don't mm-hmm. shop where the serfs shop. They wouldn't be caught dead in those places. Well, that's it. See, and, and what I've noted too, other than Dick Cheney and his chronic heart problems, and when he had that recent heart surgery, I assume they tried to install one, and um, but no, it's some kind of pump. But um, you rarely hear about these people getting sick. Uh, I think one of the most interesting things uh, was Arlen Specter, who had cancer here some years ago, and Arlen Specter um, was against the Iraq and Afghan wars. Um, Arlen Specter was saying, wait a minute, 911 didn't happen the way you say it did. And, um, hush, sorry, that was my dog. And um, I said, uh, but he, behind the scenes, was arguing against all of this goings on. This man suddenly comes down with cancer. And the devastating effects of the chemotherapy were apparent. And lo and behold, once he got on board and supported the administration, his cancer cleared up. Um, he's in remission. Now, I don't think that's a coincidence. And But that is the only case I know of of any. I mean, I've asked people, you know, name me one public official, one representative, or one senator who has had, uh, other than due to age, you know, like extended age, like uh, Ed, Ted Kennedy, has had any major health problems. These people don't even seem to ever get a cold. And I don't think that is a coincidence either. And when this whole thing was going around about this fake uh, flu pandemic, these people seem to have no problem in traveling out in public and being out in the public and meeting in groups and being sequestered in, in committee meetings. They had Now, why was that? Why was that? If this threat of this pandemic was so terrible and this thing was so easily spread and mutated, you would have thought they would have called the moratorium on Congress just to protect our elected officials, but that never happened. They went on like nothing was going on. And I think for them, nothing was going on. And uh, But you never hear of these people getting sick, getting any of these devastating diseases or illnesses. And I think that goes directly to what kind of food are they eating? Where is it coming from? Because it surely is not what's in our grocery stores. I don't think any of them would be caught dead eating any of this processed stuff that's full of chemicals and toxins and everything else and basically is ground-up cardboard treated with chemicals to make it taste like it's food. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't eat any of that stuff myself. And uh, I don't eat anything out of a box or a can. And... um, but, but like I say, I think it's a curious thing, and it may just be coincidental, but like I say, I don't believe in coincidences. None of them seem to be subject to the things that you and I would be subject to as a result of what we're forced to choose from for food, what's added to our water, like fluoride. Mm-hmm. And it, here in uh, Minnesota, up here in St. Cloud, they have started adding here about eight, nine years ago, massive amounts of arsenic to the water supposedly to kill off some bacteria. Well, apparently we're the bacteria. (laughs) 
That's oh, the only man. conclusion I could come to. You know, I won't drink any water up in St. Cloud. I know what's in it. And um, But you see things like this happening. These people are not uh, subject to any of this. And like you say, when you go again and look at all this legislation, like this massive health care mess, um, they they are excluded from that. They don't have to participate in that. Neither do the wealthy. Mm-hmm. They don't have to participate in that either. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so you see, we're it, hooked it's just on us, it. Yeah, they've got we're, us hooked we're, on it. Yes, we're forced. But there again, unless your state agrees to let, because that's non-positive code and title can't be codified into U.S. law. Uh, um, public health is not in the enumerated powers. So unless your state contracts with human and health, health and human services or whatever that stupid organization is, and with Homeland Security, unless they contract with them, agreeing to implement, in lieu of getting bags of cash, the Obamacare or public health, whatever they want to call it, they can't implement it in your state. But you can take that again, like I say, one step further because these are private corporate contracts. So the only people that would be obliged to participate, even if that state corporate agency agrees to the contract, is the people in that corporation. They can't voice that onto the public. But they will, and most people will go along with it, because first off, they don't know any better. And secondly, they've never been taught anything about government um, they don't know anything about the Constitution. They don't understand the difference between U.S. Code and Title, which is the international law of contracts, and their constitutional rights. And if you try to explain them to them, they go, oh, well, what are you going to do? Well, there's nothing you can do about it. Well, if you sit there, of course there's nothing you can do about it. Well, you, you know, that's, that, that, that's and, what they're trained. We're trained in school. Okay, this so-called educational system that we have. I, I posted a, a video um, on the site and um, the, on my Speak Truth to Power site. Um, and I, what it was is it showed this box. And they were training a monkey how to get a treat out of the box to see what the monkey would do. So they took a stick and they tapped on the box and then they pushed these little tubes on the box and then they poked the box, and then the treat came out. Okay, so the monkey, they gave the stick to the monkey, and the monkey did the same thing. Then they got another box. This box was the same kind of box, except it was, um, you could see through it. Uh-huh. And you could see that there was a false bottom on the box. So when uh, you could see that all the poking and the prodding and all that didn't do anything, and all you had to do was reach in the little hole and get the treat. So the monkey saw this, uh-huh. just reached in the hole and got the treat. He bypassed all the unnecessary steps. They took the same box, and they put it in front of children. And so we're going to play a game. So all they right. had the children, and they said, do this, tap, tap, poke, poke, prod, prod, and the treat. The gummy bear comes out. So then when they put the clear box in front of the kids, the kids still did the tap, tap, poke, poke, prod, prod, and got their gummy bear. Oh. Yeah. It is training, isn't it? It is training because if they were taught critical thinking skills, which is what they don't want us to have, 
if they right. were taught critical thinking skills, they would have looked at that and said, oh, I don't have to do all this. All I have to do is reach in here and get that gummy bear. That's critical thinking. They don't want us to have that. That's no. trained out of us. Well, it's like my granddaughters down there in school, and they go and they have gone to a very good public school where, where there was just tremendous pressure on these kids. And I think it was positive pressure to excel and achieve and do the best you could above and beyond this stupid no child left behind uh, test-based uh, education system. And both of my granddaughters, of course, have excelled considerably, the youngest one in particular. And But the older one had called me the one day and said to me, Nanny, today we talked about the Constitution in our civics class for a whole hour. I said, that long? She said, yes. And then the teacher told me that it was an old document and it really wasn't relevant anymore. And it made me angry because we have spent our summers when they're up here studying the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and so on and so forth. And she said, it really made me angry. And I said, it should have made you angry. But in particular, like the younger one who is excelling to such an extreme, um, everything was done. The school took her as far as they could, but there was some kind of outside interference there where they wanted them to slow her down, slow mm-hmm. her down so she was more in line. She was ruining the the learning curve of the class. She was going so far beyond what was being taught at that grade level that they wanted her slowed down. And, um, of course, being the person I am, I objected strenuously. Mm-hmm. And uh, But this is happening all over, even when we do have these bright children, instead of them being encouraged, uh, they're mm-hmm. squelched, they're shut up, and they're yep. ostracized and ridiculed. They are uh, told to sit down and shut up. And mm-hmm. they, you're absolutely right. They don't want them to have these critical thinking skills. They don't want them to be able to analyze something and decipher for themselves, is this good, is this bad, what is this? And um, so that, that's becoming, as we uh, you know, graduate successive classes of these children who are quite uh, uneducated, the the level of conversation publicly drops. The uh, interest in anything, of course, is at all-time low levels. It, it's just you see the end results of it all around you. you. You run into kids working in stores who can't make change. They weren't taught how to make change. We have oh, 90 they... seconds to go here, Barb. And oh. so we're going to kind of wind this up. Um what we'll be talking about in the future, we'll put out an announcement about who our guests will be each week. Um, we'll be covering absolutely everything, just like Barb and I have run all over the map here tonight. Uh, we're going to be covering absolutely everything that comes up, lots of legislation, lots of topics. So if you've got any ideas, anything you want to discuss, talk about, be sure and call in and give us a heads up on it. Uh, if you come across anything that you think is of interest in your area that you find strange and unusual, give us a buzz. Um, you can contact Barb at farmwars.info or me through the PPJ Gazette. That's um, either one and both of us are available on Skype. Uh, just type in our names and um, chat us up. Let us know what's going on, what you're thinking about, what's happening in your area. 
And yep. with that, we'll be signing off, and we'll be talking to you next week. Bye-bye.